0: Thank you very much, Justin. I want to thank Justin and Kristen for all that they do. They uh, are kind of over the Sunday morning experience, so they kind of have the ability to go through the the uh, building on Sunday morning and make sure everything's in the right place at the right time. And uh, there's just so many people that made this Christmas just wonderful. I want to thank... Um, Mary Ann for doing such a wonderful job decorating. Didn't she do a great job? Let's give her a hand. And Julie also did such a wonderful job decorating the lobby. Uh, You know, I I came in on Christmas Eve, you know, last Sunday evening, and didn't that seem like about three weeks ago? I don't know. I've had a lot of company come through the Miller House. But, you know, I I just came in and it felt warm and just mm, very inviting. And that didn't happen by accident. A lot of planning went into that, and a lot of uh, practice. Uh, Lisa Cruz, you know, uh, Lisa uh, is a is a lady that I could say almost is as close as uh, a sister over the time that I've known Lisa. She's done so many things in our church, uh, and I could go through those. But I I want to keep her humble and not give her a big head on that. But anyway, (laughs) as a sister, I would say. But but Lisa has done so many good things in the church. But one of the most outstanding things is what she does on Christmas. And, uh, you know, uh, the tradition of our Christmas Eve can like service um, kind of adds to it. I don't know about you, but the older I get, it seems like I'm turning the calendar you know, it's December. Well, looky there. It's December again. Well, looky there. It's a dis De- anybody with me on that. All you old people didn't raise your hand. I see that I'm the only one raising my hand. But you know what I'm talking about. So that the the way of wading into that Christmas Eve. I apologize if I called you old and that offended you. <laughs> but let me tell you this that this this morning I just want to give Lisa um, uh, round of applause for all the hard work that she does. You know, she she uh, put in place Christian and Johnny helped put up the the projectors that we got in new. You guys gave to that we we got those up, and there's some other things on the way. Um, but Christian and Johnny, you know, they clean the church, and, and Christian helps in other areas. Maybe you've. Seen him going about Mach 3 on the mower out front. There's people that will never be a part of this church, but always know the guy on the mower. The guy on the mower. But this time of year, let me tell you, this this way of setting is different. Homer's coming down the middle and I had to brace. I didn't know if he was charging the mound or not, you know. All right. Let me, let me uh, just tell you that I love being a part of this church. And, uh, you know, another year has come, and it's almost gone. And, you know, Lisa brought this out a minute ago. Isn't it good to feel like you're closing out a year? It wouldn't feel good about closing out another year if we didn't know that tomorrow was a new year. You know what I mean? If in a few hours it would be the end of all of our lives it might not be as enjoyable as knowing that tomorrow's a new day. And that's the way that I want you to see this coming year as we come to the end of 2023. Because 2023, we'll look in our rearview mirror, and the older you get, as older I get, I don't know about you, but sometimes we look back and we think, how long ago was that? Let me see your hand, and I need a little participation because you're in a new setting and you're kind of, you know, maybe looking at church a little different this morning. But if if you hear something like the year 1999, and it feels like yesterday, let me see your hand. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then you go, "How good Lord, that was 24 years ago. Do, do, does everybody with me on that? I mean, you you think for a minute and you go, wow. But 2023, some of you guys that are, you know, maybe 18 and you graduate in 23, you think, but one day you will too look back and it'll be 40 years. It'll be 50 years. And you go, I, I've been out of high school for 50 years. I don't feel 50 years older than I did. And some of you will say, oh, yes, you do. Yeah, you do. So let me start out with something funny and I'll I'll get back into that thought. Um, How many knows that youth is when you're allowed to stay up for New Year's? But middle age is when you're forced to. It's funny because a lot of times family will come over and around 11 o'clock I'm already way past my bedtime because I get up a little bit earlier than I used to and they're just starting to rock. And we got some sanguines in the family like Mark, and he's ready to get some coffee going. And I'm, coffee? <laughs> okay, here's another one. What do New Year's parades have in common with Santa Claus? No one is ever awake to see them. And what is a New Year's resolution? Something that goes in one year and out the other. Uh, now, now, this evening, when New Year's comes, and if you uh, if you remember the pain of ever going through a watch night service, which means that the church would gather together and pray out the old year and pray in the new year, and uh, sometimes we would get speakers and, and stretch it so that we could make it to, to midnight, and then, at, I mean, literally at 12 o'clock, we would have everybody pray, and, and by 12.05, everybody's at the door. But we wanted to start the new year different than maybe the last year. And that's what we still do. And and let me tell you, if you do not challenge yourself to do something just different. Because I think that all of us would want something better. I don't think we're against that. But I think that we would want something better. But when it comes down to asking somebody, well, what are you going to do different? We'd say, well, you know, I I don't know yet. So so let's just say... I'm gonna have some fun here. This is tongue in cheek, just ahead of time. But some of us need to say, you know what? I haven't done something different in so long. I'm gonna do something different this year. And and what I want you to do is at 12:01, I want or 12 o'clock, right as the clock is striking, I want you to just just with all your might stand up off the couch if you're still awake. And I want you to just Lift your left leg up and hold it as long as you can so that when the new year comes, you can say you started the year off on the right foot. All right, we're going to put the chairs back to where they go next week. Now, now I'm going to kind of uh, remind you of some of the things. This is not a review service by any means, but again, if you're building on what we've talked about all year, I want us to begin to think that there's an attack on our belief system as believers, as Christians, as followers of Christ, and we're warned, not conform to what the world's pattern of thinking is. And, you know, if you think about it is, um, I'm just going to be honest, I love a good piece of steak. And Gwen and I celebrated this Christmas when all the family left, and and Brooke and and Luke went to Puerto Rico. They're, they're, and it's just Gwen and I, and we're going like, We could jump on the bed and nobody cares. You know what I mean? We're just us in the house. And I said, you know what? Why don't we get in that sports car right there and we'll go down to the Capitol Grill. She said, Capitol Grill? I said, let's go down there and just eat a good meal and we'll enjoy ourselves. Okay, we did it. But the steak is marinated for days in a different kind of sauce and and I love it the problem is that if a believer is marinating in the culture of the world we don't even realize it but we're taking on the wrong flavor that's why it's important for us as believers not to conform to that not to be marinated and we go you know what I smell and taste as good as everybody else no, the world is in a thinking pattern that does not base itself and its belief system on the things of God. Matter of fact, they'll say that the things of God are crazy. Now, let me say this, because a lot of times you've read this out of 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10 in the NIV or maybe the King James Version. And, and sometimes it's lost in the all the thou shalt and you know King James. But this is in the message. And, and it talks about. The weapons that we warfare in, the, the mindset. It says this The world is unprincipled. It's a dog eat dog out there world. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't marketing and manipulation. Marketing and manipulation, we know that coming through the Christmas holiday. You aren't anybody unless you have this product. We're not, we're not going to use that. That's not our trade, the tools of our trade. But they are for demolishing the entire massively corrupt culture. Now listen to this. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warp philosophies. You could say belief systems. Tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God. Fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse in the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction. That's every obstruction. Listen to this. Our tools are ready to clear, ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives obedient into maturity. You, you could say that's the parable of the sower of how the the, the seed was planted on rocky ground and didn't produce a, a, a yield, a fruit. Or it was on a path, or a, a stony path, or even a, a solid path where it, the seed was stolen by the birds. Or in, in what Jesus explains, the word of God when it comes into a person's life is stolen because of persecution that comes into their life. But our tools are made, the Word of God is made to clear out all those obstacles and obstructions that causes us not to be fruitful. This, this morning, again, I want to remind you that it is important to be in the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God. So our thinking changes, and, and I haven't said this in a while, but when your thinking changes, it changes your emotions. Uh, let me say it, start over. Words change your thinking. It doesn't even have to be the word of God. It can have somebody say, you know, you're ugly, fat, and ignorant. Oh, those are hateful words. Yeah, but people have said that over our lives. Words will change your thinking and it will change your emotions. Then when your emotions change, it will change your choices. It will change your Habits, your character, and your destiny. That's why it's important. Because the word of God that is not spoken in your life on a regular basis, it's easy to go back to the world's way of just marinating in the culture. But here's what I want to encourage you to look at yourself at the end of the year so that you go differently in the new year is begin to check yourself because sometimes the things that we have learned over the course of years and years and people talking into our life and well-meaning, good people, can, can, I, can I stretch a little bit? The Pharisees and the scribes and the religious people of that time, they were good people. They were church people. They are good people. You could have went out to eat with them enjoyed it, but their thinking was just wrong. Which then they become people of hate and, and and just that thinking pattern, their belief system was so warped. Good people, just wrong thinking. So unlearn some of the things that you have learned that are just not the Word of God. And, and when you walk in that freedom of thinking that somebody spoke over your life something, and if you're here today and you say, well, Pastor, you know... Um, My mother did this to me. My father did. I'm not trying to minimize that at all. And I can even have mercy and empathy for you. I know that was tough. But you have to realize in love, and I I don't know how many people tell you this. I know the guy at 7-Eleven, maybe where you're getting your get. he's not going to tell you this. So let me just tell you this. In love, there's a time when you have to decide what happens inside of you. Because even people that have gone through the Holocaust survivors, Victor Frankl and people like that, that have been, man, just cruelly treated and, and, and embarrassed. Let me tell you, what is embarrassed to him? It was even sexually by his Nazi kept cab- Crazy stuff done to him. But he came to the place of saying, I get to determine how I respond in life. So when we use those things that have happened to us as this is the reason why I think this way and I'm always going to. Think. It just doesn't have to be. So to begin to unlearn what maybe has kept you in prison and not experience ever. This, was, this is so hard for a pastor. I can encourage you but some people stay in prison. God opens a door through his word and says you're free of that. Nope. This is comfortable in here. So so let me encourage you. Just this year. I'd get on my knees if I could get back up. So I just said. Please. Just try. Just try something different. That the word of God speaks over your life. That you say. You know I just don't know pastor. If I can trust. Just try. The passage of scripture that came to me. As I'm preparing this week's message. is in John chapter 5. And it's. It's kind of that sad story up to the point where Jesus shows up and says, oh, it's a new day. And it's a story that most of us have heard. But again, listen to it this way. This is out of the message. It says, sometime, John chapter 5, verse 1, sometime later Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is an Aramaic called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Five pillars. I mean it was a definite landmark. That everybody knew where it was. Here a great number of disabled people. Used to lie. Now can you can you have enough creativity. As I read this. To kind of put yourself in this place. Because here's a bunch of disabled people. It's saying. And they're just lying around. It is not a good place. The sanitary can. They're disabled. They didn't have handicapped, you know, wheelchair ramps and things that we do today. This just this is a a place that's not good. It's where disabled people used to lie: the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One who was there was an invalid for. 38 years. Can you just say that with me? 38 years. Can you say it one more time just to, to remind yourself how long it's been? 38 years. This guy's been here 38 years. Now, now, if you were like me a while ago and I said, you know, I can give you a date back. Can anybody remember like it was yesterday, 1985? 85. 85. That's a long. That's 38 years ago. See, it seems like to us, because of all the water that's gone under the bridge in you know, 38 years, Because but for somebody that's lying in this place in this day for 38, are you kidding me? But the reason is he has been told something that is just not true. And he's every morning waking up in this place that I could make awful, but I just won't. You've got to use your imagination. It's just Awful. Nobody visiting 38 38 years. Are you kidding me? When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been there in that condition for, for a long time, he asked him, now this is the key phrase that this morning, if you get anything out of my message, get this phrase. When Jesus looks at this man and he's looking over everybody and he's looking at this man and he finds out he's been there for 38 years, 38 years, 38 years, Jesus says the statement that I want you to get and it is this, do you want to get well? And everybody in their right mind would say, yes, I want to get well. What are you talking about? Does anybody want to stay in Egypt in slavery? No. You want to go to the promised land? Yes. They get out of slavery into the wilderness on the way to the promised land. And they go, why did you bring us out here? I want to apologize for yelling. But I'm getting fired up. Come on. <laughs> 38 years. Do you want to get well? Can you just explain to me 38 years why you've sat there or laid there in, in your pool of urine and in all the awfulness that has caused that to lie? Why are you still there? Do you want to get well? And what comes out of his mouth is an excuse. Now, you you know as well as me an excuse. One excuse is as good as the other. It's just an excuse. Why? This, this is a part about John Miller that just eats my goat. You know what I mean? If, I don't know what that means, but it eats my goat. It, it, it's when I get to the place where I realize it's just too hard. So I'm going to default to an excuse that will make this feel better about not doing it and this is what he says I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred while I'm trying to get in someone else goes down ahead of me do you understand that a lot of times it's people that's the problem we think it's other people. It, it's because we, we don't we don't have enough. We don't have enough friends. We don't have enough people. If there was a nurse here that could help me in the pool. If I had a big guy that was a friend, you know, that could give an elbow to that guy that's hurt more than me, I could get in the pool before him. But that lady over there, man, she can scoot when that water... She can get in there. There's people that... I'll be honest, there's some times that over the course, do you know next week, I just thought about this just now, 32 years next year, or next week that I've been here, 32 years in this place of the church, not this place actually, but you know, this position as a pastor. And one of the hardest things is trying to help someone realize you can go on, they go, I don't want to do it. And it's people, people. If it wasn't for all of you, this job would be wonderful. (laughs) Do you know I've gotten over that? There was a time when someone said those very words and I heard them and... (laughs) And then you start fantasizing about getting some property out far away and then further away in the middle of nowhere, no, the middle, middle of nowhere, nowhere, that there is no people. But you realize that we're believers and we're supposed to be in the middle of people. That's what we're called to do, even though sometimes our excuses say it's so hard. You heard about the mother that went in trying to get her son out of bed? I'm not going to church. And she says, you have to. You're the pastor. You got to (laughs) go. This guy had made the wrong conception of healing. And it was based on an ancient superstition that wasn't even godly. It was another religion that believed that an angel would come down and stir the waters and the first one in would be healed. Now, I I can't prove or disprove that that hadn't happened one time and they based their whole belief system on that. But it was to the point where it it was a, a, a form of hope for these invalids, these paralyzed, these people that were blind. Let me make my point. They were in a prison of their beliefs because they were not only handicapped physically, but mentally in thinking. the only way that they could get whole and healed was to be able to get into the water. That wasn't even true. Do you hear me? There's things that we hold on to that aren't even true, but they're based on someone else's experiences that say, well, <laughs> you never know. Sometimes God does and sometimes He doesn't. Do. Where is that found in the Bible? But we just kind of go on to that. Just kind of, well, that makes a lot of sense to me, Jethro. I'm going to do it too. Then Jesus said to him, "Get up, pick up your mat and walk." And at once he was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Get up. Can, can I just, in all love, and and this is easier to say, and you can see me with body language and stuff. When if I would just text this to you, it might be a little bit offensive. Here it is. Get up. Quit walking down that belief system that says that God doesn't love you, that there's not enough for you, that, that you can't do what God says to do in your life because you don't have enough. If you If you are vulnerable and walk in love with somebody, they're not going to be and that's going to hurt you and you've been hurt so many, quit that. get up. Don't stay there 39 years. 38 has been long enough. Today is a new day. Get up. He didn't only physically heal this man, but cognitively. He he healed his way of thinking. Think about this. If you think about it, faith involves your synapses in your brain. You know, I'm very educated on this, so if you don't know, just follow me. Sometimes our synapses that are firing thoughts aren't really ever reaching each other. That's the problem. But it's called, it's called, I wrote it down so that I wouldn't forget it, Huh? Are you impressed? It's the rewiring of the human brain. It's thinking different and creating a habit of doing it so many times. Now it overwrites the old way of doing things. The belief system that's going off on the inside of you. Let me quickly review. We all have a belief system? No, I don't. Oh, yeah, you do. You have a belief system, and out of your belief system, you'll make choices. And that out of those choices, they'll put you in an experience. And that experience will either confirm or contradict your belief system. I can't do it. That's your belief system. So your choice will be not to do it. And how did that choice will put you again in experience? it didn't happen, which will confirm back it never worked for me. This morning, something different in your life. Get up. Allow God to not just heal an ache in your body, but an ache in your brain that's saying, I don't have enough. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to the level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Really, when you choose to be around the Word of God, let me tell you, I'm not trying to make it a prideful thing to come to church, but every time that you come to the house of the Lord and truth is spoken by the Word of God over your life, it changes you. Well, I don't feel changed. Every time that you're reminded what the Word of God says over your life, you can do this in your living room. You can do it in, in the garage, in your car. You can do it everywhere. But when you come to church and you have association with people, and this is called a sanctuary, it's a safe place. Did you hear me? It's a safe place. So at halftime, when you reach out your hand, you shouldn't have somebody go, no, thank you. If you do, just come ask me. Go, Come tell me. I'm not the principal or anything, but I just need to talk to that person. Shepherd responsibilities sometimes aren't even easy but I'm going to do it. This is a place of practicing getting along with that person that maybe isn't so easy to get along with. Hear me. Luckily none of them are here today. I've already checked. Everybody's thinking, "Where which one?" Oh, that maybe that guy right there? No, they're all gone. But you come to the house of the Lord, you hear the word of God, and again, it sometimes corrects something that's going off on the inside. I'm not going to be forgiving. I'm not forgiving that person. What? The Bible says I don't have a choice. I have to forgive that person? Well, I guess I'm going to start out on the right foot this year, and I'm going to forgive that person. It's not easy. I'm not saying I sprinkle dust. I can't even lay hands on stupid thinking. Do you understand that? If I could, I would. Boom! Ba-da-bing! Right thinking. No, you didn't get here overnight and you're not going to get where you're going overnight. It's going to take time. Pastor, I want to let you know I'm not perfect. Well, thank you for making us all aware of that. We were kind of questioning that. We're all not perfect. Get up. Get up. Again, again, rewiring is upgrading your belief system you say pastor why is it so important for me thank you for asking that's why I go into this next passage of Psalms 119 verse 97 in the message it goes this way which is so yeah it says oh how i love all your all that you've revealed that's revelation does anybody has anybody ever got fresh revelation out of the word of God before Revelation is something that's just simply the light goes on that you thought was one way or another. I've used this illustration for so many times. Just forgive me if you've heard it 10 times. But I go to uh, the Saginaw Fitness Center, and I'm on the treadmill, and, and I tell you what, as I said before, I look pretty good. A lot of the people there are senior citizens, and I'm just walking, you know. I'm looking. <laughs> you only got it on three. I got mine on a four and a half. I'm faster than you. But what I didn't look good on is my earbud kept falling out. And I'm thinking, these faulty things. Then I, one day I looked down and one of them had an R on one of them and an L on the other one. Revelation. I had the one R in the left ear and the vice versa and it kept falling out. Revelation. New things. I've learned it. Wow, it works. The psalmist is saying that very thing. Oh, how I love all that you've revealed. I reverently ponder it all day long. Now, this is something that's going to motivate some of you. In verse 98, your commands give me an edge on my enemies. They never become obsolete. I've become smarter than my teachers since I've pondered and absorbed your counsel. I've come wiser than the wise old sages simply by doing what you tell me. Sometimes the old sages don't like the young people. Why? Because the young people are trying it, and they're doing it. That don't work. Don't interrupt the guy that's doing it by saying it's impossible if he's doing it. Okay, 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 okay. Do you remember the old hard drives? I have something, a computer now that really doesn't have this problem, but some of the old hard drives would get a virus that would just just mess it up, slow it down, You're like, do do you remember the old dial-up network? You know, it sounded like the mark of the beast or that beast inside of it. Slow. The Word of God speeds it up, cleans it out. Refreshing. Let me tell you, when when you settle this in your mind, I'm going to go on, my belief system is going to be based on the Word of God it saves so much time and unlearning things that aren't true. Gwen and I stayed in a hotel in Kansas and and uh, we're coming down 35 home and just couldn't go any longer so we stopped in there and, and it was late and maybe I was a little, not, yeah. Turned around and went the wrong way on the way home. I headed North. Do you know how frustrating it is to go an hour back to where you started before you get progress? Missing your street and having to double back. Just that air. Quit it. Well, let me give you some quick other associations in the Word of God In the story of Caleb, and he interrupts the people that are trying to say, we can't go in, we can't possess what God has already given us. The promise in your life at the church right now, the promise in their life was a land where I'm going to give it to you. All you got to do is trust me, you just got to walk it out. It's going to be hard, but the people see the obstacles and make the obstacles bigger than actually what is more rewarding than obtaining the promise did you hear me on that very important in your progress they saw the enemy the obstacle there bigger than what would have been the reward of the promise so they decided we'd rather just not get the promise we'd rather sit here so to speak at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years and just Stomach the grief. But Caleb says, no, 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 no. no. We are able to go in. But do you realize that in Deuteronomy chapter 1, it talks about because they didn't want to go in, was because they said, our babies, our, our children will be taken as slaves. Hear me. And God says, what came out of your mouth is so incorrect. Your babies, your children, I will give it to them, the promise. Sometimes we think that only what's coming out of our belief system affects us. But the ripple effect will go through your family just like a firewheel. And your children's children will be picking up things that great-grandpa said, that grandma and grandpa won't even remember how they got to that thought. If you go to Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 4, this is another chapter in Deuteronomy, just the next chapter. It says it took them 38 years to get from where they were when they said we can't go in to getting back to another new opportunity to get the promise. 30, what was that again? 38 years. It took them 38 years because of their belief system was so wrong. Here's this man, an invalid. He's waiting there for 38 years and his belief system is, I can't be well until I get down there before everybody else. I want you to hear me, because this is the key. When he is healed, and God, Jesus, shows up on the scene, those few words into his life that he holds on to and believes, get up, get your mat, and go home, you're healed. When he puts his faith in the word of God, not on superstition, not on somebody said this, you know, somebody did this one time, and so we're all believers of it. No, no, no. When he puts his faith in the Word of God, his life has changed to the point that now his thinking has changed. Because for years I thought, how disappointing that that guy never went back. Listen, that he never went back and helped anybody else in the pool. He had made friends all over that pool. Why didn't he go back and, I don't have anybody. Why didn't he go back and help somebody in the pool? Because his thinking, hear me, his thinking had changed. That isn't truth. Let me encourage you, get up. David, one more, then I'll wrap it up. When he approaches Goliath, again, this is an impossible situation. The entire army has seen the obstacle that's greater than the victory because, boy, I don't want to go fight the enemy. He's too big. What is that in your life? Can you you parallel that? If I say something, what's your threshold of pain? You could pay off your house in the next five years. <laughs> no, that giant right there of debt is too big for me. So, so put it in your... Because everybody gets in it. Yes, let's go fight Goliath. There's no Goliath, so I'm good. So what I'm saying is, what is the thing that is keeping you at the Pool of Bethesda? Just waiting for the truck. That isn't even... That superstition to work. But here in the story, David, he goes out and it says the enemy, listen to me, the enemy looks him up and down. And after looking him up and down, this is your enemy looking at you because of all the stuff that you've gone. And the enemy, Goliath, looks him up and down and he becomes mad. The enemy becomes mad at looking at David. Why? He says, what, a little boy bringing out sticks against me? This is what I think most people that I talk to that is in this problem, which if we're not careful, I'm just talking about all of us. When the enemy speaks and goes, you're not enough. We go, you're right. Don't tell anybody. But David says this, you come with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come... Against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Now, now do you see the difference? We know that he's going to take the slingshot. We know that he's going to put the rock right between his eyes. We know that he's going to fall down. We know that David's going to run over there and grab the sword and cut his head off. Okay, okay. But the mindset is different than everybody else in the army. That they're going to go by might and power to defeat the enemy. But God has taught us it is by His Spirit. Now now just real quick. The comparison is David says, I'm going to come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. But here's the purpose that is our purpose. That it's not just for you to be blessed You are blessed to be a blessing. And so David is standing out there. His bigger brothers that might have even whooped him, you know, in a fight early on in life, they don't see the way to defeat the enemy. But now he's getting a revelation. He's going, okay. I'm not going to beat him like everybody sees it. I'm going to beat him by the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord says, I'm anointed to solve this problem right here. Because of the blessing that's on me in Deuteronomy 28. And then he says this. Because I'm going to defeat you. All those that are gathered here will know. That it is not by the sword or spear that the Lord says, For the battle is the Lord's. For so long I said for the battle is John Miller's. And as long as John Miller don't get. John Miller. Let me tell you it will wear you down. And that belief system will keep you 38 years at the Pool of Bethesda. And when the enemy falls that day, it's exactly what he says. For the battle is the Lord and he will give all of you into our hands. And it says that everybody will know that there is a God in Israel. If I say, we all know the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the good news, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and you. But if I, watch this, if I enter in, I'm a pastor, I know how to do this. If I enter into kind of a guilt deal here, how many of you have won somebody to the Lord in the last six minutes? I have a way that we all can go, well, you know, yeah. And we do need to tell the good news, but here's, Here's the overarching way you tell the good news. That you realize that you serve a God of more than enough. That you are blessed in order to be a blessing. So the people that are out there that are going, I don't know. I'll just stay here at the Pool of Bethesda. You say, you know what? I used to be at the Pool of Bethesda. But there's this amazing man that came into my life named Jesus. And you testify. Just tell them what happened in your life. You're blessed to be a blessing. To to take this now and wrap it up. 2023 is hours away from being finished. This year I have constantly and continually put you in a place of telling you over and over, you're blessed. And if I'm not mistaken, a lot of us probably would kind of give a little pressure back. No, I'm not. Not that much. I'm not, no. And if I pushed it a little bit more and I said, you're rich, you'd say, no. <laughs> no. No. Because you know, if you're rich, then you can be generous. So let's not go too far there. But if, if you said, well, I am rich compared to the people that are in Honduras that our missions team ministered to this year and they live in a shack on the side of the hill. They don't really have much except each other. Yeah, I'm very rich. And you begin to allow that to change your belief system. A lot of times we don't think we're rich because we think of somebody else as always richer. Someone else has more money. But you, in your own right, this afternoon will not decide if I'm going to eat or not. You're going to decide where I'm going to eat or what I'm going to eat. It's a so many difference. But being blessed, then comes the responsibility of understand the reason that you're blessed is to be a blessing. Maybe this year it's been a rewriting of your belief system. And now you can see the forest, even in spite of the trees that have the, been there all this time. Your belief system has been upgraded to believe that you serve a God of more than enough. And to understand when you take a step in believing and having a revelation and actually walking it out, not just believing it, but walking it out, you go from one year of maturity, 50 years in a row. I haven't been in the church 50 years, pastor. No, you really only have one year in the church because you never acted upon the Word of God working in your life. Can, can I just say this? That, that sometimes kind of gets me because I want everybody to go on. But it's hard to go on. But it's almost like if I told you, I I read today that an ant can carry more than its body weight. But you know what the all-knowing internet told me? How much can it carry? 10 to 50 times more than its body weight. And I went 10 to 50. That's kind of a little bit of an exaggeration of somewhere between 10 and 50. How old are you, Pastor? Somewhere between 19 and 1,000, you know, guess. But if, if I told you that an ant can carry its body weight 10, 10 times, everybody goes, wow. But that doesn't do anything for us, does it? When you get the word of God and you get knowledge, if you do not act upon it, it's not going to do you any good. Matter of fact, sometimes people know enough about the Word of God just to be dangerous. What does that mean? That means they become critical at people that are trying to walk by faith. Maybe this year, you're going to decide to walk out what you say that you believe because you want to experience the promise of Of living a life to the full, to the overflow. When that happens, you begin to, let me just say this. You begin to almost have a fragrant, 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 a good smell about you. Instead of the Dead Sea Stench. You know what that is, right? That stuff is mine. I'm not giving it give a gift to somebody that they don't think they deserve it, boy they'll just fall all over themselves and then they'll go, wow, thank you we don't live in a culture that is generous you have to overcome the obstacle, the enemy the strong man that is trying to let you go or trying to keep you from going to the next level and he keeps saying just like Goliath You don't have enough. You don't have enough. I'm going to sum you up. You don't have enough. But what you need to respond to that strong man that says you can't go. You say I know I don't have enough. But I know somebody that's on my side that has more than enough. I want you to answer this question this evening. Even if you could say I know right now. I want you to answer it again this evening. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get up? Do you want to have a new way of walking out what God's promised in your life? Let me encourage you just to do something different. It's exciting. to to Try walking in love. Now listen, every time you get a word from God, you're going to get something to come. Trouble show up in your life saying, who are you? To put it to test. This year I'm going to walk in love. Guaranteed somebody's going to ding your door at Walmart the next day. Something. Then you get to choose. I want to encourage you to try some. Try walking not by sight but faith. Try tithing. Pastor, pray and let's go. Try try tithing. God says, test me. Now I, I'm putting it as in, in John Miller's mm. translation, but I kind of see Jesus or God saying this. Think big? You think you don't have enough? Just try me. Try giving. And what I mean by that is trying giving something to someone. And I'm not saying because they don't deserve it or anything. No, no. Just showing appreciation to somebody. Just give something. Pastor, I don't have nothing. Give something. You have something. And then begin to look this year for fruit to develop in your life. To expect and look and long. For God to show up in places that you have missed Him in years past. Now, we're going to apply this message immediately to our life. I'm going to ask Lisa to come back. Because if this morning, as we end this year, Lisa and the whole team, not just Lisa. All right. If as we end the year, listen to these few words and then we'll sing. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. You, some of you right now are going through depression because fear in your life of something that's happened in the last year. L- listen to me. Depression can be setting in, anxiety of what's going to happen in the future. Listen, listen. You might be here today and you're like, man, I, I, I didn't even hear you, Pastor. I'm mean, so. I, I, I've been at the pool for 38 years. I don't like it, but it's comfortable. It's predict- I can Here's the number one way you combat fear in your life. Thankfulness and gratitude. Now, amen means so be it. So we're going to do it. But but let me encourage you. One other thing is it's not just one time. It, it's a habit of every day. Say, God, thank you, thank you. He knows I think he thank I'm thankful for what he's. No, no, say it again. And when you get tired, say it again. This song just gets me all (coughs) choked up. Because every time I say thank you, God, I start thinking of all the things that he's done for me in the last 30 days even. Can you do that again for me? Why don't you stand? Some of you need to kind of stretch your neck. Me, 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 get your voice ready. That one song that says, come on, soul, don't be shy now. Come on, thank him with everything that's in you. Let's sing. Mm-hmm.